Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Well, if nobody's told you today, let me say how beautiful you look. At least three of you believe you're beautiful. Thank you. You know, I, I set you up, propped you up. All you had to do is just yell. I mean, it's all you got to do. Well, you do look great. We're glad you're here. Um, you know, it's not an accident. Uh, sometimes accidents happen, but this is not an accident. There was a, a man who was working late one evening with his colleagues and it was late into the evening. They decided after all the hard work that they would go out on the town and they went out on the town. They were having so much fun, they forgot what time it was. And before you knew it, it was morning, and one man knew his wife was not going to be happy. So he made a quick call home with some real wisdom and creativity and said, Honey, don't pay the ransom. I escaped. <laughs> it's all right. You'll get it at about 2 o'clock. <laughs> you know, it's not an accident, really. Life is not an accident. Uh, you will choose tomorrow, probably many, if not most of you, you'll choose to get up. You'll do what you do to get ready in the morning. You'll go to work. Uh, you'll, you'll have uh, colleagues and uh, co-workers that will begin to complain about 8.30 after 30 minutes of work. And all those things are very predictable. You will live a rather predictable life. So if you're going to live a predictable life, you need to live a productive life. You need to live a life by design, not by default. You need to realize that there are different things you can do tomorrow, even though you'll be in the same place with the same people. You can have a different attitude and a different outlook on life. You can live life by design. In uh, Genesis chapter 28, if you'll turn there, verse 1, we know the patriarchs is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, basically the founders of the fathers of faith that established this patriarchal line early on in the Bible. And there were very strict mandates. And they lived life with a sense of purpose. It was not random. Uh, the problem in a lot of cases, in a lot of families, a lot of lives, is we get up every day and ask what life is going to deal us. What, what, what hand am I going to be dealt today? It's time for you to take the cards away and for you to become the dealer. It's time for you to start saying, this is the card I'm going to get today. And go through the deck. Face up. This is the card. This is the hand I'm going to deal myself today. So Isaac is speaking to Jacob in verse 1. So Isaac called for Jacob and blessed him and commanded him. Didn't suggest to him. He commanded him. Our problem today is we don't want anybody telling us what to do. But if I had about an hour with Bill Gates, I think I'd listen. Hello? I wouldn't do the talking. I would do the listening. And if Bill said, let me just give you some pointers. Let me give you a few tips here. If you'll go do this, you'll, your money will have this kind of return. I'm walking out of that room and I'm doing it because it's not a suggestion. He knows what he's talking about. And I'm going to go out and do what he commanded me to do. 
The Bible is a book of commands, not rules, but commands. The difference is the commands come with a, with a promise. The commands of God come with a promise. The challenge on it, so God said, if you'll, if you'll call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved, which means I'm delivered from the sin that I've been in bondage to. It's a command, a covenant command of God, that if I will do that, my life will change. If I will forgive, I'll be forgiven. My life will change. It's not an option. And so if I will follow the commands of God and let God be God instead of me trying to be God, really good things might happen. Okay, that's just a possibility. An absolute truth. And it says, do not marry a Canaanite woman. Now, Isaac would be in trouble today because that would be published. CNN would carry that. What's wrong with Canaanite women? All the Canaanite women would march on D.C., What's wrong with us? He doesn't have to tell you what's wrong. He just said, don't marry one. Someday we may see a few in heaven and say, what was up with y'all? You Canaanite women were problems, whatever. But, but that's politically incorrect for Isaac to say, do not marry a Canaanite woman. You know, the first thing Jacob thought, I'm going to go find me a hot Canaanite woman. Because if somebody tells you you can't do something, you typically, your flesh is, what's wrong with the Canaanite women? I guess I need to go find out. <laughs> but Jacob's thinking, no, nah, I think I'm going to do what Pop said to do. Go at once to Paddan Aram, to the house of your mother's father, Bethuel. Take a wife for yourself there from among the daughters of Laban. It's getting real specific now. Your mother's brother, may God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of peoples. Now, in that moment, if I'm, if I'm Jacob, I'm thinking, first off, hopefully Laban has a babe of a daughter. Can you imagine walking in? Here they are, and he goes, oh, God. <laughs> you sure there's not another one somewhere? <laughs> Daddy told me to marry one of these gals, and yeah, I ain't feeling it right now. But he found the one he wanted immediately. She wasn't the oldest, and in that day, the oldest took priority. So he says to Laban, I want Rachel to be my wife. And, uh, and Laban says, okay, well, if you want her, you'll have to work for me for seven years. There ain't no man in America working for no woman seven years. Don't even look and say, honey, I'd work for you. You're lying. You're lying. Like Rahab, you're lying. You'd be looking, there's another woman out there just as good as you, and it ain't going to cost me seven years of my life working for your daddy. So Jacob, though, man, he heard his daddy's word. He saw her, and he said, I would walk over shards of glass. And coals to get to that babe. Seven years he labored for Laban. <laughs> labored for Laban. Labor for Laban. Never thought of that before. Just a couple of shifts. Seven years. So finally, time comes. Can you imagine what he's thinking? Woohoo! Party time. So they have a party. And evidently, there was a little drinking going on. You religious people are going to get real mad at me right now. Because <laughs> when he got the girl and she came into his tent, he didn't know until the next morning it wasn't Rachel. There's something wrong up in here. And I know what some of y'all thinking. They just didn't have electricity back then. 
But there was a big bonfire outside the tent. And so he wakes up the next morning with Lee, and he goes, what? I added that. In the Hebrew, it was just what? What? And he goes out to Laban, what have you done? This is not the girl I worked seven years for. I'm going to kill somebody. Well, if you want the one that you want, give me seven more years. Are you? He adjusted his glasses. And he looked at Laban. And he said, okay. Fourteen years to get a woman? kidding me I would call that perseverance wouldn't you great picture I could stop right there but I won't because I want you to persevere through the rest of the message anyway so last week I began by saying remember or recall the reason that you're persevering if you don't recall the reason every day that you're persevering, you will eventually give in to whatever it is that's challenging your perseverance. Life is not easy. It's, it's, it's doable. It's potentially victorious, but that's based on the choices that we make by keeping our eyes on the prize. With the joy set before him, Christ endured or persevered the cross. He had something set before him. He remembered why he had been sent to earth. He remembered every day. 30 years he waits to enter ministry. When he finally enters ministry, because that's the age that, that Jewish boys could enter ministry. He was 30 years old. So he enters ministry, and, and he's the son of God. And, and now all of a sudden... It's not going quite like I think he hoped it would go. Now, he's, he's, having, he's healing people. Wouldn't you think that when you heal people, other people get excited and there'd be a mighty move of God after all the Son of God was there? Instead, they began to criticize him, mock him, and look for ways to uh, discredit him so that they could crucify him. As we know, they Trump put charges up against him that weren't true to crucify him but he never lost sight of why he was here now i don't know why you're here this morning i don't know why you came to church i don't know that many of you ask yourself the question why am i going this morning i hope you ask i i like to ask every sunday morning what do i want today i mean that's just me i just if i'm going to church god okay here's what i want to happen First off, I'd like it if there were some people I could preach to. <laughs> Glad you're here. You're an answer to prayer. All right. So, but then I think, God, I want to experience you. I want my mind to be renewed. And the Bible says that, that we renew our minds by the word of God, by the washing with the word of God. So the reason for preaching is to wash and cleanse our mind. This is why we need the word of God coming into our ears and into our hearts. So that we can be renewed and get our thinking right. Now when God said, I, I didn't send my son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Now think about this. 
All that Jesus is going through, the mockery, the lies, the criticism, all of the things, he has to keep his mind focused. I didn't come into the world to condemn those who are condemning me. I didn't come into the world to condemn these evil people. I came into the world that the world might be freed. That's a hard challenge. We, we oftentimes skip over the, the persevering part of Christ and his life, and we, we jump right to Easter, and then we, we go to the resurrection, that, that special day, without really pondering what it must have taken when Christ is in the wilderness. All he's doing is the will of God. All he's doing is honoring God, and all of a sudden, the devil himself shows up. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I've only had the devil show up about one time, and I won't tell you who it came through. Anyway, so... Just kidding. Some, I know what some of y'all think in, in your minds. Yeah, I know her too. I know him too. I know them too. I've never had the devil physically show up. But Jesus was so, his, his life was so critically important to, to the past, present, and future that Satan himself says, I, I got to go because y'all can't handle him. And then he begins to tempt Jesus in order to get Jesus to alter his purpose for being here, to, to short-circuit the plan of God and offer a shortcut in order to short-circuit that plan. So Satan takes him to the high peaks and, you know, he shows him all the kingdoms of the world and says, these will all be yours if you'll just bow down and worship me. Just bow down and worship me. Now, you, you say, well, that's no big deal. Jesus, you know, it is a big deal. Jesus is knowing he's going to the cross he knows it's the only way for you and I to be redeemed and every generation to be redeemed. He knows that. But how would you and I think if we thought, man, maybe if I have, think about it in a moment. If I can possess all the kingdoms of the world without the cross, that means I can control every generation, past, present, future. I can control the outcome. Well, first off, God's not a controller. He's the opposite of control. That's why you and I have a free will. Is it true that Jesus probably could have controlled the entire world without going to the cross? Yeah, but the problem would have been we would have been incarcerated by him. You say, well, that's not a bad thing. You know what? It is obviously to him because he said, I want you to freely worship me. I want you to freely serve me. I want you to make that decision. I'm not going to make that for you. So when Christ dies on the cross, he, he sees through the cross to the joy knowing that one day the power that enabled him and empowered him to overcome the work of Satan could be imparted to us. And it needed to be. Why? So that we could walk with the same perseverance and endurance that he was walking with and do it freely by choice. Everything you are today, everything I am today is a result of the choices I made, not the choices somebody else made. You know how liberating that is? It's wonderful to know that I get to, by the power of Christ, choose my destiny and my purpose and trust him with it in the down times as well as the up times. So remember, as Jacob remembered, he recalled what he was there to do. He remembered the command. Secondly, recite the promises of God in the midst of your perseverance. Recite the promises of God. Talk about the promises of God. In your lonely hours, you have to declare, God, you said you will never leave me and you will never forsake me. In other words, you're going to be with me always. So in this dark hour, I know that you're here. 
I know you're present. You have to recite those. The problem is when we get in difficult times, like you start, you get pulled over for speeding, and you don't think you should have been pulled over, but you were going fast. There were 20 other cars, but you were the chosen one. And you say these words as the police officer is standing there, and you're under your breath. You're going, God, I promise if you get me out of this ticket, I will never speed again. You're lying again. You've been doing it a long time, and you've gotten by with it for five years, and finally, you got a citation. So you need to recitation the Word of God. Because you don't make promises to God. You quote the promises God made to you. That I will meet all of your needs, because you're fixing to pay about 165 bucks. You say, how do I know? You know how I know. Our government needs more money, and they get it from people like me. I am most police officers' Christmas bonus. Recite the promises of God. in your. So quit, quit telling God what you won't do again. You will speed again. But say, now I recite the promises of God, that you will meet all my needs, God, and I need you to pay this ticket. I need a little help up in here. Just recite that promise, and God said, I'll do it. Why? Because you admitted that you sinned. You say speeding's a sin. Well, ten over is not. <laughs> it's over that. It's my own law. Why? Because I think every speed limit should be ten more. I know they think it should be ten more than it is because they usually let you off on it. Unless the officer's mad at his spouse or her spouse. Anyway, you know it. Just look the next time the officer comes to your car. Did you have a good day with your spouse? Are you getting along with your woman or your man? How is your day, sir? Ma'am. <laughs> then at least you can prepare yourself for the citation. <laughs> Romans 15, 4, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. The Bible is not a book that we read to impress God. It's a book that we read to teach us. So that through endurance, in the Greek, that word also means perseverance, and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So now we see that the reason we read the Bible, listen to the Bible, is that we might have hope. And guess what? When you have hope, you have perseverance. You don't persevere typically unless there is a little bit of hope involved. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is the tree of life. So whenever we have deferred hope, it does make the heart sick. So we read the word of God to produce or build up hope so that we can persevere when we're going through difficult times. Jacob's case, seven more years. He had to readjust his thinking to seven more years. Verse 5, may the God who gives endurance, oh, oh, may the God who gives endurance, how does he give it? Through hope. So when he produces hope in our lives, he gives us endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves and as you follow Christ Jesus. What I have done over the years is I have scripture that are printed out that you commit scripture to memory a lot when you start reading it a lot and saying it out loud a lot. And in difficult times, you just quote those scriptures. He dwells in the secret place of the Most High, shall rest in the shadow of the Almighty. God, 
I am dwelling in the secret place. I put myself in the secret place. I'm staying in the secret place. I'm not going to let this version of Mark Crow out. I'm going to stay in the secret place of the Most High God. Until this gets dealt with, I'm there. I'm resting in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord. This is the psalmist I love. I will say. I will say. You know, sometimes we wait to tell what God has done instead of telling people what God will do. We need to say what God will do, not wait for what God has done because he already did it through Christ. All the promises of God are yes and amen. They're already done. We access that which is finished. Jesus said, it is finished. I'm accessing something that's already been done. The story has already been told. The promise has already been made. And the Bible says God is not a man that he should lie. I don't know how God's going to fix your problem. It's not up to me. It's up to you to believe and stand. You know, people come and question, well, if God did this or if God did that or why is this happening? I'm not God. Talk to him. But I know this, until I draw my last breath, I'm going to believe in every promise. I've heard the scripture forever. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. I'm still standing on that. I ain't living it right now. I see a lot of wicked people doing better than me. <laughs> With currency. <laughs> they ain't doing better than me here maybe. But I'm just saying... You look at Scripture and say, God, you promised you'd meet every need I have. That if I'd give, it'd be given good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That you'd cause men to give unto my bosom. That I'd bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. You'd open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing. I wouldn't have room enough to contain it all. Come on, Jesus. See, the, the pessimist sees the glass half empty. The optimist sees it has, half full. The believer sees the cup running over. I'm beyond a positive person. I'm a, I'm a covenant person. That I believe that God is going to do what he said he would do. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I'm going to keep flipping rocks until I find it. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save me from the fowler's snare and from deadly pestilence. He will cover me with feathers and under his wings... Will find refuge, I will. His faithfulness will be my shield and rampart. Psalm 3, 1 through 6. The Psalm of David when he fled from his son Absalom. David's a king. Absalom wants to kill his dad. O Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me. And this is where most people stop. You're listening to what everybody else is saying of you. What everybody's saying about you. What you can and can't do. It'll never happen. Why are you believing that? Why do you go to church? Why do you give? Why do you do what you do? Why do you forgive? Our boss is an idiot. Why do you do that? That's what they say in the break room. We work for the man. The man. You, you ought to be thankful for the man. You ought to give him a Christmas turkey. You got a J-O-B. And in our day, that spells job, not Job. So you ought to be thankful for the man. When you walk around and you're critical and you're bitter, don't expect to receive anything from God, and I'll show you why in a minute. I'm telling you truth today. You say, well, he's lost, he's a sinner, he does this. Maybe you're there to lead him to Jesus. Quit talking about who he is, start talking about what he could be if you got a hold of him or her or it or what. 
doing my best to be politically correct. I'm just not that successful. God will not deliver him, many are saying, but you are a shield around me. So David flips the script. Oh, Lord, you bestow glory on me and lift my head. To the Lord I cry aloud, and he answers me from his holy hill, Selah. That means meditate, Germany. I'm mm, two on that a while. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear the tens of thousands drawn up against me on every side. I don't have tens of thousands. Can you imagine that? I got t- David, I got tens of thousands because he knew Absalom and his troops were after David to kill him. He said, I won't fear. Some of y'all afraid you, you can't even sleep at night. You, need to, you just need to quote that verse right there. I lie down and sleep. I lie down and sleep. Maybe you even get up and get cocky in the mirror. You're going to sleep tonight, big boy. Pretty girl, you fixing to lay down and wake up more beautiful than you were yesterday. Some of y'all need to get an attitude. <laughs> y'all question, I'm going to wake up pretty or maybe not tomorrow. Some of y'all just need to get confident in God. It will be perceived as arrogance to those who don't get it. But I'm telling you, David is talking business here. I mean, you, all you have to do is read the Bible. These writers wrote with attitude. Man, they were like confident that God was going to do what he said he would do. The promise plus perseverance equals the prize. Put that on your fridge. God's promise, my perseverance, prize. You don't get the prize without the promise or the perseverance. You put those together and you get the prize. I'm quoting the word, I'm living the word, and I'm going to experience the word of truth in my life. This is not just, it's not a formula, it's a truth. It's a covenant promise. The promises of God are the compass to where we are going, not the guarantee that we will get there. The promises point us in the right direction. Perseverance takes us there. So you can't just quote the word without walking out the word. God, I forgive them, but they're so stupid as all get out. Smite them, oh God. Vengeance is yours, Lord. Do whatever you want with them. I forgive When God asks you to forgive somebody, probably not a bad thing to take them something for dinner. I pressed it, didn't I? I went just a little too far with that one. The trouble is we forget what we're after and what we're going after. Promises of God are the compass of God. And they point us in the right direction. Somebody asks you to go a mile, go two. They ask for your shirt, give them the coat. Somebody hits you on one cheek, let them hit you on the other. I know that you won't come back with that attitude. That pastor talking about me forgiven. That's what the Bible says. Don't always like it, but I know it's the only way to freedom. I know it's the only way I can persevere and not suffer. If I don't forgive, I suffer. If I forgive, I persevere. Why? Because there's hope on the other side of the promise. There's not hope on the other side of you and me without God. We can't persevere. We'll suffer. We must keep looking in the right direction in order to go the right direction. You're not going to go somewhere where you're not looking. Going the right direction is our responsibility. The results of God are, are the results are God's responsibility. The 
pathway to the promise is often filled with obstacles. And obstacles don't always look like obstacles. Sometimes you'll think, oh, I, I can take a shortcut. I can, I can do something that God didn't tell me to do or let me do. When Jesus was tempted, it would have been easy for him to say, you know, this must be God letting me out of the cross. I mean, after all, Satan's offering me the kingdoms of the world. He's, he's, he's offering me all the popularity and everything. And sometimes we, we take shortcuts when God said, don't take the shortcut. I want you to go through the cross. I want you to learn. I want you to grow. Sometimes your blessing is on the other side of that opportunity. It's really not an opportunity. You know, some of you have been offered jobs with better pay. But God didn't tell you to go. He told you to stay. Feeling the spirit of Dr. Seuss. <laughs> I am Sam, I am. I like green eggs and ham. Jesus saw all those things and he said, I'm going to stay the course. I'm going to stay the course. Promises of God are the foundation of perseverance. That's what they are. Lastly, remove excuses from your perseverance. Re remove excuses. We often excuse ourselves based on how somebody has treated us. I don't have to be nice because they haven't been nice. I don't have, and, or I don't have time. I'm tired. I'm fatigued. I, I, I give up. It's been too long. We start excusing ourselves from behaving the way God wants us to behave and pursuing what God wants us to pursue. I don't have time. The biggest one is I don't have time. I just don't have time. You understand? I don't have time. And excuses will never get you to the promise anyway. Can you imagine just for a moment what Leah must have felt like when Jacob goes, <laughs> she's not who I want. She's the older sister, obviously not the better looking sister, at least in Jacob's eyes. And Jacob has to tell Laban, I don't want her. I want her. And that's not politically correct. But Jacob chose to be honest about his desires. And you have to be honest. You always have the time to do the things you want to do. People always make the time to do the things they really want to do. I don't have time to read the Bible. I don't have time to do this. You've got time to play four hours of golf with three people you don't even like. You got time to go to the lake and spend eight hours fishing. You see what I'm saying? And then we blame God for not giving us what we what he promised when we didn't take the time to do what we needed to persevere to get the promise. It's not always easy. The pathway to your destiny to the prize is not always an easy paved pathway. And we have to determine not to excuse ourselves. Could have easily excused myself from coming back here preaching. It would have been easy to make excuses. I tried to make excuses, and, and God stayed on me. It's like he pinned me. It's like my older brother used to do. Sit on me, hold my arms down, feed me grass. <laughs> Not the kind that gets you high. <laughs> it's Bermuda. Trust me, there's no buzz. Anyway, so... Thank you. Luke chapter 14, verse 17. At the time of the banquet, 
he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they, all alike, began to make excuses. Now, they're getting invited. This is kind of like the story of Jesus inviting us into his kingdom. This is, this is a metaphor. It says, uh, come, for everything is now ready. But they, all alike, began to make excuses. The first said, I just bought a field, and I must go see it. Can I tell you something? You don't buy a field without looking at it. It could be swampland. It could be floodplain. Making excuses. In other words, I really don't want to be there. Why don't you just tell him, I don't want to be there. I don't want to show up. We're always trying in a politically correct world to say things so that other people aren't hurt when in reality being dishonest to ourselves hurts us. There are people you don't want to hang out with. There are people you're going to have to tell you don't want to hang out with. You can't make excuses very much longer. They've invited you for dinner every month for 12 months. And you're always busy. You might want to just look at them and say, you know, it's never going to happen. Yeah, see? Now, oh, we can't say that. If you don't want to go, don't show. And you got to tell them why. We just ain't going to Come on. See, you're miserable. You, you avoid them. You're miserable. Oh, God, there they are. You dodge them in the grocery store. You look, check before you turn down that aisle. Are they there? You're dodging people. You're miserable because you won't tell the truth. You say, but it's not nice. Okay, just tell them. I didn't get to pick my family, but I get to pick my friends. And you're not on the list. <laughs> just kidding. Not really. But no, whatever happened to authenticity? Whatever happened? So they're, they're making a story up. I, I, I just bought some land. I got to go look at it, you liar. That's what, I mean, Jesus, I mean, in Matthew 23, just go read it. One of my favorite passages of Scripture in the whole Bible. Jesus looks at the Pharisees and he goes, he doesn't go, y'all are so religious. You keep all my laws. I'm so proud of you. He said, you brood of vipers. Go, Jesus. Go, Jesus. You whitewashed sepulchers. Jesus goes off on them, man. And it wasn't because he didn't like them. He's just being honest. Y'all are snakes. We can't do that anymore. We get sued. We'll go to prison for 10 years. You offended me. No, I didn't. You chose to be offended. You want me to like you so bad that you want me to be around you even if I don't like you just to appease you. Okay, there we go. Another one said, I just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Dude, what if you bought five oxen, three of them have broken legs, and one of them's diseased, and you've already paid for them? You don't do that. It's an excuse. It's like when people say, I don't go to church because Sunday's my only day off. <laughs> no, because you'd go to church if you really wanted to. I need to sleep in. Go home and take a nap. There is nothing like a Sunday afternoon nap. Leave the bed unmade and just go dive in. I'll do my best to exhaust you. So you can sleep good. The other one, this is the one I love. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. End of convo. <laughs> That's it right there. 
It's a wonderful thing about being married. You can blame your spouse when they're not around. Well, you know, she doesn't like y'all at all. I, I love you. She can't stand you. But it's okay. Don't get so busy that God's blessings pass you by. I'm not saying church is the only place to get blessed, but I'm telling you it's one of the greatest places to gather together to experience God's presence. I am convinced and confident of this very thing. And this is a critical passage. I'm confident. Be confident. Stay true to what you've heard God say when you recite his promises. I am confident that he who began has begun a good work in me, and the Amplified will continue to perfect and complete it till the day of Christ Jesus, the time of his return. Make sure your passion is greater than the persecution that you feel or the perseverance won't last. Nothing great ever happens without enthusiasm. I've always believed that when I, I, I rise to the level of people's excitement. If I, Have you ever turned on a, a preacher and, and you're, you're listening and you, you don't even think he cares about what he's saying? There's nothing that convinces me he's excited about God. I mean, I, I get excited when people are excited, don't you? And matter of fact, I don't even have to know what they're excited about. If, if they're excited, I'm just like... <laughs> then I might ask them, what's going on? Nothing. I just didn't take my medication. <laughs> okay, me either. Sometimes you just need to get happy without explanation. You know, I mean, I promise you, if you, just, if you ever just... Anyway. You got to watch out for weak people. Weak people will encourage you to quit. Weak people will validate that you've already quit. If you're looking for that, it won't take long to find somebody that will crush your perseverance because you haven't recalled why, you haven't recited the promises, and, and you haven't removed excuses from your life. Beware of weak-minded people. If their excuses don't work, they'll try criticism. Criticism to pull you down, pull you back. You've raised the bar too high. You stand, you believe. You not only attend church, you serve in church. All of a sudden, why do you do that? Why do you get there early? Why, what's so, so important about that? People will start questioning your commitment. And if they question your commitment and you're not strongly confident, you will crater to the, that, that, that criticism. Man, I, don't, I, I just tell you right now, I, I'll tell people if they ask me, I, you know, I just don't hang around negative people. I just don't. And if you're negative, now you're negative that I don't hang around negative. <laughs> well, I, I, I get positive. Get happy. Say something positive. You'll have so many friends, you'll go negative again because you won't know what to do. I got too many friends. I can't keep this positive thing up. I don't have time to be positive. I have too many friends when I'm positive. But you get negative, and, 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 you, and, and, and people, I just tell people, I say, you know, if you're going to be that way, I, I, I just can't be around. I don't think I'm too good for you. I just, I just want to experience a great life. I like being happy. Anybody here like blood being depressed? Move to Seattle. <laughs> don't bring it to Oklahoma. My kid lives in Seattle. I can't believe he likes it. It's, I, I go up to visit him. It rains every day. It doesn't rain a lot. Just every day, it's just overcast. It's dark. People walk around like, and plus, I think it's the food they eat, like tree bark, granola, stuff like that. I don't know. We need to take them some fried chicken from Oklahoma. Get your fat on. <laughs> no, 
So uh, I had a lady I talked about, uh, you know, I, I, you're not supposed to say fat anymore, but I just did. Um, that, that's the new F-bomb. Anyway, so... Um, Women, you can use that. Anyway, so a lady came up to me and said, she said, Mark, Mark, after the first service, she said, Mark, you can say sturdy. We're now sturdy. <laughs> now that I've told you that, you can't use it. See, we, we live in a world. Look, I don't, I don't care how big you are, short you are, round you are, how metabolism challenged you are. I don't care. Just get happy with yourself. Just be happy with yourself. Don't let anybody tell you what you are or you're not. Just look at him and say, you know what? I'm fat and sassy. And I'm fixing to sass you if you don't get out of here and sashay your way on gone. <laughs> Set promises before you and perseverance within you. The promises before you will empower the perseverance within you to get to the prize. The problem is we have more people that want deliverance than perseverance. And oftentimes, God will not deliver when he wants you to persevere because God wants you to grow. He wants you to develop. He wants you to mature. He wants you to get strong. He wants you to get confident. And that doesn't happen oftentimes when everything's going good. Chosen resistance is a good thing to encounter. It's the reason people go to gyms. They go because they, they force themselves to experience resistance that will produce strength. I'd love to have a gym in this church. Anybody wants to fund one, let me know. We got gym people. I need to get you guys, I need to get your cards. We need to get people at your gym, but you'd be judo on them. They do MMA stuff. I went to watch. It's just too painful for me. People like arm bars and stuff. I almost, oh, it snapped. I'm tapping out. It's too late. <laughs> it's just hard for me to watch. But I watch it anyway. <laughs> fun perseverance must operate inside the perimeters set by authority now this is big in our world this is big everybody wants to be the boss have you noticed that everybody wants to be the boss of their world but you know what the greatest lessons learned are when you work for someone you don't agree with well that didn't go over romans 13 1 and 2 Everyone must submit himself to governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. That applies in any part of the world, in, in any profession. I, I'm not here because I'm not standing as the, the lead pastor of this church because of me. God called me here. Now, I don't have any say in your life outside of preaching the authoritative word of God, and you su submit to what you hear and you have freedom to do with that what you want. But this is, this is my authority, police officer authority. You, you oversee the loading dock authority, whatever it might be. Understand, God put those things in place. And when you honor those, God honors you. So please don't complain about your boss, your company you work for. I'm telling you, if you start getting happy, they will drug test you. Consequently, he who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Wow. 
I wish I would have learned this at a much earlier age to just really, really honor authority. I really do. It feels good, number one. And I'm telling you, it will change the people that you're reporting to. Persevere. Part of that perseverance is being kind when not treated kindly. Loving when not being loved. That's a part of persevering. We all have things we're going to persevere. It's springtime. The house that's next door to me was just foreclosed on, which means it's going to go to sheriff's sale, which means nobody's going to mow the lawn all summer. I'm thinking about it. I have to persevere in the summertime. You guys, I'm a lawn freak. I like it neat, I like it green, I like it cut. And there's nobody living there. I think I'm just going to buy it just so I can take care of the lawn. Because nowadays, if you mow somebody's lawn without their permission, you could be sued. What were you doing on my property? We all have something to persevere. That's a real minor thing for most of you. You don't care. Many of you don't, and I'm okay with that. Just don't live next door to me. I always get to know my neighbors like, hey, lawn's a little long. Is that, is that in fashion now? Should I be like you? Sometimes perseverance just requires laughter, folks, and just enjoying life. Lord, help us to persevere. Help us to remember why we're persevering. First off, it brings glory to you, God, when we persevere. Help us to remember your promises and to recite them, God. And help us to be a people without excuse. Remove all excuses. And, Lord, step up and be confident and do what you say. In Jesus' name. Amen.